Welcome to Derek's Heretics. This is our pilot episode here. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. I'm here with Papa Bert and Doc. Hello. Bert? Uh-huh. <laughs> he's a like he's a nervous uh, variety. If he were a cat, he would be one that shits everywhere. Um, in this podcast, we're going to talk about many things. Uh, most of them will be of the dark, macabre uh, specialities. We are all in paranormal enthusiasts, uh, conspiracy enthusiasts, and anything of the dark, gothic nature. A little tidbit of information about us: we also run a paranormal investigation group in East Tennessee called Grizzly Rock Paranormal, and you should check our YouTube page out because we really need the views. Uh, so let's go with that. Tonight, I think we're going to start <laughs> off with our first segment being a conspiracy theory that involves 9/11. Yes, September 11th, 2001. It was a tragedy in any right, but let's dive into what could have caused that to happen. Doc, take it. Well, I don't have any specific theories on why it happened, but uh, again, I think we need to start off with, um, I think maybe why it went unnoticed for so many years. Technology today is a lot different than it was back in 2011. Back then, um, you got all your news from the uh, television, radio, uh, and it was pretty much just cut and dry. Whatever they wanted to air is what you saw. And if you did get to see it again, it was in those short, you know, uh, segments. Uh, not like today where we can uh, look at things repeatedly on YouTube and further evaluate things and let things kind of, you know, settle into uh, to a deeper level. So I think um, that has a lot to do with... Um, you know the difference between uh, now and then has a lot to, to do with the public perception uh, but in so many years you know in the past I think people have kind of put it on the back burner and don't uh, really you know look at it as is you know it's not the hot topic it was you know the when it happened or you know the following few years well, and that's that's what makes it so unfortunate is because if it would have happened in this day and age with YouTube and uh, <clears throat> Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook. I mean, hell, people are live streaming suicides yes. all the time on Facebook. I mean, and it's just commonplace. You can see anything at any point in time that you want, you know, and now, and even if you look at that old footage, it's so grainy, you know, as com- uh, compared to now, it does make it hard to, to dig through it. Um, well, well, it does, but it's just the repetition of seeing um, videos over and over and over and being able to dissect them and say, hey, what really happened here? Um, and we were talking earlier, you know, about the, the, the smoking guns of the, the 9-11, like the, the plane in, uh, in Pennsylvania. Like, there was no plane ever found in Pennsylvania. There was no... no Fuselage, no wings, no chairs, no luggage, no. And according to the the uh, coroner, which happened to be one of our brother firefighters, um, you know there wasn't. He stopped being a coroner after just a few minutes because there was no bodies and not even a single drop of blood. That's a paraphrased quote from him. So, you know, you have the Pennsylvania incidents. Uh, you have. Um, well, what about the plane in Pennsylvania? 
There was no plane found. Where the hell did it go? Well, some of them said that or some, the official story, yeah, <laughs> is sucked into the, the soft ground. Well, like I said earlier, the rain. Yeah. Here. <laughs> and East Tennessee is ungodly. You could be in the, in the lake here, which is the parking lot. So, it used to be the parking lot. So do y'all think because technology is so advanced now that, I mean, conspiracies are less likely to happen? I mean, you look at Sand, Sandy Hook, school shooting, the school shooting in Florida. Within 24 hours of those things happening, they had it broadcast. I mean, you put anything on the Internet, and it is torn apart. You know, a lot of people don't think Sandy Hook happened. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you have all these uh, media actors. Y'all seen that, right? Where oh, yeah. The dude in Florida was at Sandy Hook. The girl at Sandy Hook. Was Do you think Sandy Hook, Sandy Hook happened? This this is what we need to be doing anyway. Let's let's dive into the, all the government things because the Sandy Hook one. I see where that conspiracy is is, is stemmed from. Faulted. It's it's it comes from gun control. Gun control, and yeah. I'm not against it or for it. Um, I think that we should use common sense. If you're coming in and sticking your finger in your ass and writing kill on the wall at the gun store, you probably don't need a fucking weapon. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a fair assessment. Um, you know, if we really want to dumb it down to just, you know, the bare minutia of the Second Amendment, we should all bear arms. Absolutely. <laughs> of the bare variety. <laughs> <laughs> but back back to the nine eleven. I wanted to throw out these other two smoking guns that I have. Uh, the Pentagon is another one because there was no plane found there either. We're talking about the seventeen foot hole in the uh, in the side of the Pentagon and the large wingspan mm-hmm. of the of the airplane. Yeah, these were jet liners. I mean, yeah, they were passenger jets. And then and then you see the pictures of the hole in the side of the building. And the trajectory that an airplane would have to come into doesn't... It doesn't fit. It, it doesn't, doesn't fit. No, you, you a 747 would come down and crash and load all the hell. And, and, and there's nothing on the lawn. There's nothing. There's that plane area. would have to come in, scoot across the lawn, and then enter the building. Well, maybe yeah. it was sucked in the grass too, guys. Come on. Shit. Now, now look, but not only is it sucked into the 17-foot hole, yeah. and the windows where the wings would have hit are, didn't even break. See some tough windows here in the Pentagon, okay? They didn't even break. And not only that, instead of the wings breaking off, they folded up along with the fuselage, went into this 17-foot hole, and disintegrated. Were their bodies found? No. Let's, let's. They said there was DNA found, and they made all these DNA. Of course DNAs. Well, they say DNA. the bodies burned. Um, yeah, the, it all disintegrated. But again, by looking at, I mean... By being able to look at media over and over again, you can be a detect more of a detective and make more logical conclusions. Like if you look at some of the videos on YouTube, I think they one in particular where there's an open book on a on a table or on a little desk shelf thing right next to that hole. And it's perfectly white paper. You can mm-hmm. see that. I mean, even though it's just really small. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me that, that that crash burned that plane so hot that there was no bodies left, no mm-hmm. plane left, but yeah. it didn't even brown the pages of that yeah. open book. Well, let, let me <clears throat> explain to me what the Pentagon is. And explain it to me like I'm five. Well, I mean, it's... 
Where is it located? It's a what shade. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> That's a start. Okay. Do you know your triangle in your square? It's got five sides. <laughs> what, where is the Pentagon located, and what is its primary function? It's in, um, it's our central defense okay. of the country, and it's in, so it's a big it, fucking deal. It is a big deal, and it's and not only that, it's it's fortified like it's is a big it deal. fair to say that it would be a site that would be fortified and monitored for the potential threat of catastrophe? Absolutely. So would it be a thought in the realm of possibilities that? And did it? Did when did it occur? Before or after the first hit on after. the twin towers? Okay, after. So we're we're aware that we've got some rogue planes here. Yes. So so what I'm saying is, it fair to assess that the government would have said, "Holy shit, this plane's off." Because now, if 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 okay, I'm working for the airplane peoples. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck they're called. It's the word <laughs> airplane peoples. And I've noticed that two of my jets have went rogue. And one has already crashed into the World Trade Center. I'm also seeing another one deviate from its purpose because they're being tracked. Heading into restricted airspace. Exactly. Well, we sent our yeah. we sent our jets in the wrong direction. That's oh, that convenient. was what happened. Wasn't That's yeah. convenient. Yeah. That sounds like somebody fucked yeah. up multiple times. Or, yeah. or maybe they did. Yeah, they, it was, that, that, that was a facetious. conspiracy. Maybe, exactly. yeah, maybe they didn't. Maybe they were sent in the wrong you know, direction for a purpose. And, you know, and we touched on this, and for those of you at home, probably the two of you that are listening, we had pre-recorded this, and we're new to this, and I deleted it. So, <laughs> so this is take two. But it's better, and you're getting better content. Um, what do we believe is the catalyst that started the whole conspiracy to begin with? Why would George W. Bush, the president at the time, and the government and the powers that be feel the need to to cause chaos in this country, obviously to unite us, but for what goal was the end? You, uh, we went to war. Personally, I'm still gathering evidence, and I don't really have any theories, but if I was going to look at what was just logically on the surface, would be, you know, Daddy Bush's unfinished business, maybe? The oil in Iraq and, and, you know, only serving one term, pulling out... Uh, mm-hmm. Pulling out of the war, folding it up. I mean, obviously, you know, when this country's historically, when this country's been at war, we have never changed horses in the midstream. We've never changed presidents um, while the country was at war. So look at that. Perhaps George Bush would have had a second term. You've got all the oil uh, because that is the Bush family business. Well, they are from Texas. Well, yeah, they are. Let's get your song keyed up. You should really get the song. <laughs> well, do you believe that? Do you believe that the president of the United States is the most powerful position to have in the free world, or do you believe that he is a spokesperson for an unsung Absolutely. group of entities? Absolutely. That sway the decisions that he makes, he or she makes. I think the president is a puppet. He is a head for a hooded figure, pretty much. So the clan. Yeah. You're saying the Ku Klux Klan, hooded figures. <laughs> no. Okay, let me let me elaborate on that. Okay, so again, this is verifiable on YouTube. But George W. Bush was president during 9 11. 
And um, and then followed by, you know, Clinton, then, you know, um, Bush again, and then Obama. Right. Well, actually, Clinton followed the first Bush. But it went anyway, Bush it H, Clinton, Clinton, Bush W, Bush W, Obama, and now Trump. Crump. <laughs> That's sounds like so, a dubstep song. Clinton, Clinton, Bush, Bush. Yeah, so, <laughs> but my point is um, that um, Clinton, Bush, Obama, it doesn't matter what political party. If you bring up the 9-11 conspiracy theory in a speech, if you got a heckler that brings it up, they get very angry. And Bill Clinton is probably the angriest when you bring that up. These are two political parties that are often on the total, you know, polar ends of, of the political spectrum. So, what's up with that? Because that kind of that's what I was fixing yeah. to say. Why do you think Clinton would be an advocate to make Bush uh, look good? Or, right, because you know, it, this happened during uh, Bush's first term, didn't it? Yes, under his watch. And he was running against Al Gore. So you know Clint was a little butt hurt because his, you know, homeboy didn't get his green piece up in there. <laughs> Instead, we got Jethro <laughs> and Ellie Mae up <laughs> But, I, yeah, I mean, it just, it just strengthens the theory that it's, there's more to it than just, you know, um, there's, a, there's a higher level. <laughs> For those of you that didn't know, that was George W. Bush's inaugural song. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it just le- it lends to the theory that you know there's a new world order, which you know George H. W. mentioned several times in speeches about a new world order. Who uh, who do you believe would be in the new world order? Is uh, it just a, I mean and money? This is obviously I mean because they're not gonna put my poor broke ass up there. <laughs> the money. Yeah. Although if they did, some shit would go down. I don't think it's people in particular, but I think it's families. I think it's companies. I think it's. Um, you do know, you think they're all American? Huge. Or do you no, think it's absolutely not a global uh, thing? I cannot remember the name of the organization, but they go to the Bohemian Grove. Ah, Bohemian they're, Grove, and that'll be another conspiracy podcast. Um, an international uh, company from Switzerland, Sweden, some way, somewhere in the that area, but they come and they all mentioned. New World Order. Rothschilds, New World Order. Presidents, New World Order. A one world government is the aim of this, I think, you know, because uh, there's so many guidelines and red tape and everything when you're doing international trade. and uh, A one world government would solve that. I think money, power could easily be more distributed that way. So I think there's definitely something behind it. Where does Hulk Hogan play into all this? <laughs> he headlined the NWO. Black and white. Ooh, I'm not you know, tracking. What? Let's go sit in the corner. Sorry. So, you two, and I'm biased, and, I, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you. I believe that there is a, a governing force. Um, I don't have enough facts about the 9/11 thing. I could see it. Nothing surprises me. And I wanted to go back to that before we finish. Go ahead, go ahead. But, I mean, because we I mentioned just, the Pennsylvania, I, no plane. I thought about Bowen and Hulk Hogan. That, that's okay. There's no, <laughs> no plane in Pennsylvania. There's no plane, plane at the Pentagon. 
And the other smoking gun that I wanted to get out here today was um, building number seven at the World Trade Center. Um, that building went down around 5 p.m. on the same day. Um, there was only a sparse um, fires throughout the building, uh, nowhere near totally engulfed. Um, or decimated like the Twin Towers. No, no, it was just limited to just a couple of floors and not the, even the entire floor, just, you know, various small fires. Um, and that building just collapsed. You know, free fall fashion just collapsed in its own footprint. Um, Silverman, the guy that owned it, he um, got on television during an interview and admitted that it was pulled, which is terminology for... Uh, controlled demolition. So he admitted that it was pulled uh, on TV during an interview. So, you know, one has to think, um, you find that very odd, uh, you know. So th those three things uh, I want to, you know, point out. Of course, well, <coughs> go ahead, we're going. No, no, I'm, I'm done. There's a question that I wanted to ask. Um, I don't understand structures. I'm, I'm smart on a lot of things, but building shit, I can't do it. I can tear a lot of shit up. But <clears throat> Okay, get this. This is what I just looked up. So you're saying all the bodies were supposedly burned, right? What I just looked up, jet fuel burns at... Uh, it was like 1,500 degrees Fahrenheit, right? The next thing I looked up... How hot does it have to be for human bones to burn? And it has to be in the realm of about 1,600, it says. So I read an article the other day that when people are cremated, the body has to, the, the flesh, the arteries, everything like that is burned, right? Then the, the mortician or crem, cremator or whatever goes back, pours <coughs> a, a substance on it, and has to burn the bones several times to get them to compl completely ash. Yeah, and I'll add this. How quick... Is an explosion, you know, how quick is an explosion and, and how quick does that jet fuel burn up? I got it. And that's... You know, is it long enough to, you know, melt the... To me, know? it's it's going to heat quick because that accelerates. Now, Google it's... this. How, how, you know, mm -hmm. how, what's the temperature to melt steel? Jet fuel can't melt, melt steel beams, folks. How about planes? How about aluminum? And, you know, are we to believe that the, the engines that are mounted on the, you know, on the wingspan, where did they go? I mean, did, did they suck, you know, fold up and go into the building with the plane? Well, and that's here, and this is, I want to talk about the actual Twin Towers. I want to talk about the, the meat and potatoes of this whole ordeal. You know, 9-11 was... And there's there's more to it tonight that I've learned than I even know about. I had no idea about the uh, seventh building seven. Building Most people seven. don't. Okay, uh, still melts at a temperature of two thousand seven hundred seventy-seven degrees Fahrenheit. About so there you go. double what what jet fuel will burn at. Exactly. Yeah. So all these facts are here. How hot was it that day? <laughs> well, you don't have to worry about that now. It just fucking rains every day. It just fucking rain. Rain. Well, the rain would have put it off. I remember seeing pictures of like the buildings when. <laughs> 
clasped and everything, and you see the steel beams, and they're they're cut at an angle like they've been mitered or something, you yeah. know. And it, well, I mean, that's that's well, there's textbook demolition. Yeah, and there's you know? speculation that thermite was used as yeah. well, uh, because the firefighters reported seeing molten steel, you know, mm-hmm. down at the at the base of the. Uh, the World Trade Center after the collapse. Um, and, and, you know, those buildings were oh, built. Another lesser known conspiracy is that after they cleared out the land from the towers collapsing, they found a pirate ship. <laughs> I shit you not. And people think that this was because they thought that the Knights Templar had planted the uh, Ark of the Covenant. Is that what it's called? What it's called? The box. Jesus box. Yes. Yeah, the Ark of the Covenant was planted underneath the World Trade Center. A pirate ship. That's a very lesser known conspiracy. Yeah, I've not heard that it one. Sounds like we need Indiana Jones. I know shit, there's a ship under there. I watched them dig it up. But now, back to the meat and potatoes. Do you all believe that once that plane, because it didn't hit low, but it didn't hit in the middle, they hit about three quarters of the way up and at the top. <clears throat> And they stopped. One went all the way through and busted, and then the other one set. Which also goes back to why the fuck was there not another plane? Because they all crashed the same way. And, you know, you could still see the ass of that one sticking out. Do you and think- how did each plane know to hit a separate building? You know, that's weird. Two planes, both buildings get hit. How come well, both because of them there was there was a considerable amount of time between, you know, I mean, the second plane obviously could tell which building was on fire, probably. Mm-hmm. Or they yeah. probably knew one building was to the west, one building was to the east. I mean, that's fairly. What I just explained. don't get though, you have these pilots hijacked, and the dudes are saying, you know, crashing through these huge, tall skyscrapers, and they're miles away. Uh, if I'm a pilot, that's immediate. If I know I'm gonna die, and everybody's doing. Well, those buildings were meant to withstand oh, a yeah. plane crash. Yeah. And a little on fact, a military plane. Uh, crashed into the Empire State Building back somewhere in the World War II era and it didn't take the building no. down and these build, these planes couldn't take these buildings no. down either you know they might have damaged three or four floors maybe sure. but to, to say that uh, it weakened the steel to where the weight you know, and, and that was what I was getting at. Is it? Do you think that that, was, that force and that crash no. was enough to just flatten these? No, because if anything, it should have fell off where you it know hit. exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. If it weakened it, it would have tilted the one yeah. gravity, folks. Exactly. Because you're talking about these buildings falling in free form fashion sure. in in, um, um, in their footprint, sure. basically. Um, so. If the steel was weakened, they would have tilted to one side or the mm-hmm. other, and it would have kind of toppled over. Right. The the There's no reason that the steel from, I don't know how high, but, you know, like Derek said, uh, three-quarters of the way up, down is structurally sound. There's no damage to it. So how did the all the way down become weakened? How did it weaken it all the way down? Yeah. 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 And we were, you know, just talking about all the evidence that were out there earlier and the one we erased, we were talking about how you the... You know what? Uh, People say oil, new world order. I'm going with pirate ship. Pirate That's ship. my opinion. That's why they want to pour down. So let's, let's be the last part of this topic before we move on to something else. 
and you all tell me what you think, were the phone calls that were made in the air, in the era of dial-up, with no FaceTime, no YouTube, no Snapchat, no cell service, landlines were still raging hard-ons in America. Do you think that those people made those phone calls in the air in amidst of a catastrophic event that was fixing to occur? No. Okay. This is how I feel about it. I can't cross the goddamn Clinch Mountain going over 31 without losing signal. But old boy can call from 75,000 foot in the air, <laughs> flying over goddamn Kentucky, and make several phone calls. Yeah. And, and you know, the technology just wasn't there. And they did studies after that. Um, they pretty much proved that you know, yeah. only like 1% to 3% of those, it, and I'm paraphrasing, I don't know the exact numbers, but only a small percentage of of those calls would have got through because you're going as fast as you're going you're going to have to your cell phone in 2001 not your cell phone today your cell exactly. phone in 2001 yeah. it's got to transfer from this tower to this tower to the next tower yeah. and that's just what that when was cell phone and wi-fi was generally a new concept yeah and, and you know wi-fi wasn't attached to smart uh, there, there wasn't everyone smart- didn't have wi-fi no and, and there wasn't no, no smartphones yeah. either they you were just cell phones i'm sure Bush had Wi-Fi because he's the president, but I mean, at the time, we were still running dial-up. And and I hadn't really thought about that until you guys brought it up in our previous episode that's no longer with us. Rest in peace. Yeah, just like H.W. <laughs> it makes sense. I mean, like he said, I mean, I, I, I've got service all the way up here to where we're at, but I can't drive to Knoxville and keep a phone call all the way. I'll drop service. So how can you do it in the air at 50,000 feet in 2001? So. Exactly. There you have it, guys. It sounds like that, you know, our beloved George W. sacrificed how many lives? At least 3,000. For good old Earl and a good old fight. (laughs) So if you'll stay with us, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back and discuss something else. This is Derek from Derek's Heretics. We hope you're enjoying the show. But if you're into something else or after you get done with this, you should check out a couple of our buddies. Uh, one of them being Kevin from Kevin's Podcast Show, where you can get your daily dose of news versus news and become one of his dozens and dozens of listeners. Or try Drew McSalty's Shift Ender Podcast, where he discusses the many woes of ambulance personnel paramedics and EMTs and their day-to-day struggles. I uh, hope to hear from you and check those guys out. Good Lord. Fuck it. No, fuck you. Well, we're back with <laughs> to Derek's Heretics where we're doing it live. Um, in the second part, we're going to touch on something a little different. We did conspiracies on the first. Uh, in the second part, we're going to do I think we went with sleep paralysis. It is a an old diagnosis, but a new diagnosis because we live in the world, as Albert so bluntly put it earlier, where up is down, it's always wet, and some chicks have dicks. <laughs> Very true. With that being said, <clears throat> no matter what ailments you might have, and with the three of us, we work in emergency medicine, 
and so we've seen chicks with dicks. Everything has to have a diagnosis, regardless of what it is, because in the the world that we live in today, the unexplainable, the mystical, just can't be left at that. Everybody has to have a reason or rationalization for everything, which kind of ties back into the conspiracy theory. You know, it was a, a catastrophic event, but the why doesn't matter because it was just a bad ordeal. We just want to know the why and let us know that it's safe, and I think that's what happens. Now, sleep paralysis is a diagnosis of someone who is in, I believe, REM sleep. Let me look it up just to make sure while yeah, I'm... Yeah, rapid eye movement. Okay, yeah, so it is the REM. And doctors have diagnosed people who experience sleep paralysis with uh, waking up in the middle of a REM sleep cycle, and they're still sleeping, but their body isn't, I, especially their eyes and their brain. They're, uh, but they're, they're projecting what they're dreaming outwards, which makes sense. Kinda, but I don't buy it. And the reason I say that is because one thing that I've learned while doing this is no two people are the same. Um, You might have chest pain because you need to fart. You might have toe pain and be having a heart attack. Either one of those have happened. So how is it plausible for a medical physician who has been doing their job, he or she, for years, to sit there and tell you that every person who is experiencing sleep paralysis with similar symptoms, similar visions, it's all the same thing. I don't buy it. Because I don't believe all those people are dreaming about what most people complain of. Well, I think, you know, when doctors can't find a specific diagnosis, they'll diagnose a more broad, you know, condition as a catch-all, kind of like fibromyalgia. I mean, you know, that's the pathophysiology to that's not, you know, set in, you know, set in concrete either. So I think, you know, maybe they're just putting all these into one, one basket. Okay. Thoughts? Nothing yet? Okay. Uh, Papa Burt Burt will be back with us momentarily. He's... Deacon thoughts. <laughs> if you call that... All he does is giggles. He's pretty much here. Let's know we're being funny. <laughs> no, uh, I believe this is a touchy subject for him because I think he's experienced some of this. But for those of you who don't really know what sleep paralysis is and what most people complain of is they wake up in a panic state because they can't move, uh, i.e. paralysis. Uh, they can see, they can hear, but they can't talk, speak, move. They can't get up for a period of time. Sometimes it lasts longer for others, sometimes not so much. The problem with it is, is sometimes they even experience an ominous feeling of uh, impending doom. They will feel a shortness of breath. They will feel like something's pressing on their chest. And in severe cases, they'll even see entities or dark figures in corners or around the room. And to me, you can't chalk that up for everybody just being sleep paralysis. You can't do it because these aren't people who are are on a line of work who've seen, you know, bad shit, worse than chicks with dicks, or police officers or or you know, military. This might be your grandma who led a pretty 
normal life up until you know the sleep paralysis started you know she has no reason to have any kind of post-traumatic stress disorder or never had any you know significant thing happen that would trigger or warrant some form of darkness you know about them so that that to me that diagnosis is complete and utter bullshit and i've watched several documentaries about this and i've never had an episode myself but as i stated before we are paranormal enthusiasts and i have a few theories on what i believe it is and i'm going to hold those towards the end join in I, I want your 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 thought process behind this i think in general um this just stems to to people i mean people in general are idealistic creatures if there is a effect there has to be a cause so you know you you, you go with these symptoms to doctors and like doc was saying they it's just an umbrella you know like fibromyalgia you can you can rule so many things underneath that right so you you have people they're not satisfied with that so with people being the idealistic creatures that they are they have to have a reason. And the, the, the doctors are feeling the pressure to sure. diagnose. To diagnose, exactly. So, you know, Johnny goes home. He goes to sleep. He, he's told the doctors what's happening. He, and he, he's experiencing this, but, you know, it's, it's frightening him. So he, he starts thinking maybe, maybe this is something else. Maybe this is supernatural. He Googles something. Uh, he sees... Um, you know, this could be caused by an evil force, uh, something supernat supernatural, you know, because we have to have a reason to why this is happening. So with me personally, you know, I've experienced sleep paralysis. I've never seen, I've never heard anything, but for me, it was just um, almost like a dream state that you're aware, you know, I, I know I'm laying there in bed. I can see around me. But my body absolutely will not move, and it's you know it's just a disconnect between your mind and your body at that point because technically your body is asleep and your mind's awake, pretty much. Yeah, for me when I wake up, I got pee. <laughs> yeah. Me so too. you know, if if I had sleep paralysis, I'd piss the bed. So all jokes aside, I've I've never experienced it. It has to be a horrifying. It's not really that bad. It's not that scary, I don't think. Uh, you know, you've heard of hypnic jerks, right? When you're you're so deep in sleep and then all of a sudden your body just jerks, right? It's almost like that. You can jerk yourself out of it. Mm, that's called slapper bitch syndrome. That's called being paranoid. <laughs> yeah. Because you work with assholes. That is very true. For y'all that don't know, Derek is a dick. And you cannot sleep for this cockballer. <laughs> But what, what, but what might not be scary for you because you've not um, experienced it. I have a friend. One, it was a case that we were going to try to do, and he fell off the face of the earth. I can't get a hold of him. I probably need to check on that. And, and they're different. Yeah, yeah they're different. different you know, so yours might not be a scary thing. Mm -hmm. uh, for him, 
he was hearing things talk to him right in ear level, earshot, telling him to kill himself. He needed to die. Uh, he saw a dark man in a brimmed hat, uh, red glowing eyes, uh, feeling the, you know, having something set on his chest. And that is terrifying for yeah. him, and it would be freeing about him. And there's thousands and thousands of cases just that like are that. just like that. Yeah. And that is so unusual. I mean, for it to be just a broad diagnosis, I mean, there's no physical changes other than the shortness of breath, which those could be chalked up to anxiety, you know, and a feeling of pressure. But you take something like a myocardial infarction, uh, a heart attack, you know, there's enough cases there because it's a physiological change in the body because it's a blockage that it can cause pain, you know, and shortness of breath. There's a lot of symptoms that can line up to lead you in that, that guesstimation. You can't really apply that to that, that sleep thought process, in my opinion. No, but what you can do is because no one really understands dreams. Uh, the pathophysiology of, of um, you know, the subject that we're talking about is, is just, you know, it's, it's not confirmed. It's just all theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carl Jung, uh, Sigmund Freud, they all did extensive work on dreams. Uh, so a lot of theories out there, a lot of uh, time invested, research invested, um, but no no concrete answer. So in a way, dreams are paranormal in themselves. True. Sure. I, I do believe that it is natural realities you know, of, of um, what we would call normal. So I'm a I'm a very firm believer that there's a little bit of truth in everything. So you take. This is a very old, ancient, supernatural event. Sleep paralysis coupled with, uh, what is it, succubus or something? Succubus and incubus. Yeah. Yes. And um, so this stems back to ancient times. There's rape demons. <laughs> there's cave paintings. There's all these stories about rape. Of <laughs> demon rape. <laughs> Which, so, you know... You so gonna... why, but no, no, no. My point is, why was it so on point every time the same thing throughout history? Well, and that that goes back to what, and I've I've listened to a podcast uh, done by a couple of guys in Nashville. Uh, you should give it a listen. It's called Graveyard Tales, and they do a whole episode on sleep paralysis. I think, or they touch base on it. Anyway. There are a few theories. Number one, <clears throat> the shadow people that they're seeing, one of the theories is that it's time travelers. Oh. That it's, it's I, I'm just telling you the theories, that it's people that are from an alternate time frame and they're just stuck and they're, they're, they're watching you. Another theory is that it is the shadow people are from another dimension, the paranormal realm, and that they're old. They're like angel and demonic old, and that they survive by feeding off of our life force and the best way to get us is when we're in that REM sleep because we're sleepy but sometimes it's interrupted but the more fearful you are the more energy they can you know and to me that's still a stretch perhaps we exist more on their plane during sleep my theory is that it is I absolutely believe that because I think we're in a different reality when the dream sleep and stuff yeah go ahead like astral projection. Almost, yeah. I think there's like a, a dimensional kind of crossover. Why'd you just go cross-eyed? 
don't know. <laughs> I was crossing my hands. <laughs> An alternate dimension. <laughs> For those of y'all that didn't see this, he, he put his fingers together in a very maniacal way with it would have looked kind of you know, scary, except his eyes crossed like he was having some sort of fucked up event. <laughs> I think it was a seizure. <laughs> <laughs> he has those. <laughs> But and that that's that's a firm that's a solid theory. I believe it is a precursor to a haunting. I think that that is you know in the form of possession or a haunting that you have you have three stages. You have the uh, infestation phase, which is where a dark entity, demon, spirit, gin, however the hell you want to look at it, is attached to you and starts making itself known. That may be something as simple as hearing somebody walk across the room that are not there things moving you put your keys out on the table and you find them in the toilet and you don't have kids these are things that happen then you have the possession stage that's where the entity has now got you wore down in a spiritual state where it can actually enter your body and start causing harm and taking over and then it blends into the third stage which is integration where you are now fucked Mm -hmm. now with that being said i think that that is what that is. I think that it is the infestation stage. I think that the sleep paralysis is your body alarming you to the fact that there's something around. There was a saying that I had seen online that said that a lot of parapsychologists say that if you wake up in the middle of the night all of a sudden and you feel like there's something there, chances are it's been watching you for a while and that's what woke you up. You know, and you can be standing in a room and not know that somebody's there and feel like somebody's beaming you down trying to look and somebody's staring at you. You know, you get that, that preconceived notion. Yeah, and, you know, you can't really have this conversation without bringing up the vestibular motor disorientation, out-of-body experience. Um, kind of goes hand in hand with. I'm nodding like I know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. But the, vesti- well, you know, the vestibular thing, I mean, really, it was like the Pentagon. <laughs> I know it had five fucking sides. It's got five <laughs> Yeah, the out of body experience. So. So what, it kind of goes back you, to astral projection. I, I guess. Anal projectile. <laughs> Sorry. Astro was the dog on the Jetsons, was he not? Yes. Okay, that, that's what I thought. I thought when you say that, I just think you want to meet George Jetson. But yeah, so, <clears throat> well, astral projection, and what made it so mainstream was those movies Insidious. Okay. Did you watch those? No, that's why I don't know what it is. Okay, astral <laughs> projection, 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 indigestion, upset stomach, <laughs> diarrhea, anal leakage. What? <laughs> <laughs> Astral projection is the theory that some people have the capabilities of kind of leaving their their sub their subconscious body will leave their conscious state and is able to walk around in that dimension that he's talking about that parallel world. So would like, that be different than than out of body experience? Mm-hmm. It's no, the same it's thing. The same so thing. that walks so hand in hand with the, your theory. Okay. The the out of body experience mm-hmm. and the sleep state is what they say is astral projection. Mm-hmm. They're able to somehow manipulate the neurons in their brain and shut things down and they're able to leave their body in the state that it's in. So like their their mind is not there. The body is and it's working. But Are know. there good documentaries on this? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Astral projection. Who may, who may be listening? 
just all, I mean, the, just the whole topic. And we may come back and do another episode on this if this thing goes good. We're just working on those pennies right now, 33%. <laughs> um, and maybe we can get our research together. <clears throat> but there's also another side to astral projection, and it's called lucid dreaming. And it's not an out-of-body experience, but it's that you're aware that you're existing within a dream state. So you're having a dream, you know you're dreaming, and you can control it completely. So you can manipulate your own dream. You're absolutely in control of your own dream. And there are practices to make you able, where you're able to do that. You I do mean, those, don't you? I've, I've attempted them, and you can. It, it's. I've even attempted more lucid dreaming. You can. It's absolutely possible. There's people that can do it, and if you practice... You know, little at a time, you are aware that you're dreaming. Maybe not so much that you're aware. It takes a long time. Not so much that you're aware, but uh, within your dream, you know that you can make things happen, yeah. if that makes sense. So, well, I have repeating, so recurring let's, dreams. Let's say that this is a dimensional kind of um, crossover between uh, two different realms. So if, if you practice lucid dreaming... And then you can control what you're doing, and you understand that you're meeting beings from another dimension. You know, what's the possibility there? You know, maybe uh, it's just kind of wild, I think. And yeah, I've, I've had the recurring dreams, and oh, yeah, and um, you know, throughout my, <coughs> my lifetime, and I've actually had one or two that uh. They were pretty freaky. Yeah. Save those for, for another time. <laughs> well. It didn't involve the succubus. <laughs> so it sounds like that we all agree that sleep paralysis is not a medical condition, but more a spiritual condition. Is that fair? I think anything's fair. Because, again, there's no concrete pathophysiology behind behind the medical to support the medical end of it other than you're just not sleeping well I mean, there's no there's nothing to say um, that it's not paranormal because I think when you dream it's paranormal to begin by nature so you know and there's theories that you know that say that this is the the non-reality and that our dreams are actually the reality. God, if only that were fucking true. I don't know. Well, I guess that's going to be it. Does anybody else have anything else? Anything else? Oh, probably not this time around. But we could we could probably do another one on this topic. Okay. If I, I had time to just feel like this is a, a strong pilot episode. Kinda. Of course I'm going to. It's ours. That's absolutely. <laughs> Best damn one yet. We're biased. We are biased. And proud. And Albert's by. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Only in his dreams. Um, yeah. He's been visited by Incubus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where his mind straightly went to. Um, we always go there. We always end up in the cesspool. Why mm. is that? We try to have intelligent conversations. Jaded. And look what's happening. Jaded. Let's blame it on EMS. It has to be. <laughs> there you have it. Once again, uh, thank you for listening to Derek's Heretics. I'm Derek, and we're signing off. <laughs>